6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. We have... We have chomped on this one uh, on and off over the past uh, few months, especially on about the aging population in our country and what it means on a whole number of different fronts. Well, there's a new study that is out and it... And it looks at something that we know, as I mentioned, that the Canada's population is getting older. But what it really dives into is the impact of what that means for our health care system over the next 20 years. You heard Eileen mention in her newscast, we know that delays to get in for certain treatments can take up to a year. We know that beds can be uh, hard to find. We know that long-term care facilities um, are, um, you know, there's a long wait to get into those as well. So what does it mean, this aging health or this aging uh, population for the system Over the next 10, 20, 30 years, the Fraser Institute says Canadians over the age of 65 are projected to make up 23.4% of the population by 2040 and will account for 71.4% of total health care costs in that year. So what does that mean for care for seniors? What does that mean for care for everybody else? And is this country prepared what should it be doing let's find out with fraser institute senior fellow and the author of the study steve globerman steve welcome to the show oh thank you thanks for joining me this afternoon so let's let's talk about this i mean some of the the great news here is that you know uh baby boomer baby boomers gen xers we we are living longer so that is good news but when you look at the things that we're touching on in this report as far as health care and what that means i mean so there's some good news and there's some tricky news with this as well you have said that um the the health care system in this country is on track to become quote essentially a senior health care system over the next few decades what does that mean well what it means i think it's a practical matter is that um the uh, the trajectory is is not sustainable uh, uh you you really can't expect politically um or from a public health standpoint to be spending 75% of healthcare dollars on less than 25% mm-hmm. of the population so uh, given given that that's unlikely to be a sustainable scenario then then what What's to be done is the question, and there are you know a variety of, of, of levers or, or margins that uh, uh, policymakers can work on. But it, it seems to me uh, maybe the most direct and, and most pressing is to find ways to deliver healthcare to seniors more efficiently. <laughs> yes. Now, isn't that uh, the the statement I think of the year right there, Steve? I mean, that is uh, that's a big one. Now, can you crunch uh, some numbers for me when you're looking? Looking at where we are right now with healthcare spending in this country, and um, you know the projections from 10 years from now, 20 years from now, what do they look like as far as how much money we could be spending or forecasted spending on on healthcare uh, for seniors? Well, let me let me be clear about what the study does and doesn't do. What the study does do is. Um, effectively hold healthcare inflation constant okay. by 
by looking at what was spent at mm. uh, in, in various um, age categories in 2017 and assuming that the exact same dollar amount is spent mm. in 2040. So the only thing that's changing is the age distribution of the population. So the, the, the short answer to your question is, is I can't, we didn't focus on how many dollars would actually be spent if you took into account all of the things that might happen between now and 2040, primarily what's what has happened in the past is you've had enormous inflation in healthcare costs. Um, now, if that continues, of course, that's going to be a much, much higher amount of spending than what we're projecting in the study. So our, our focus was really what happens with the aging of the population and what happens is by 2030 you have about an 18 percent increase in health expenditures but remember that's inflation adjusted yes that's that's assuming that prices 10 years from now are the same as they are today you have said that policy makers need to prepare for the effects of an aging population and should look for ways to make health care delivery to seniors more efficient um Making it more efficient, did you dive into what that might look like or maybe come up with some ideas on on how that can be done? Well, the short answer is no, Um, but uh, there's a fair amount uh, out there now in the literature that points the way. uh, And we didn't talk about it in this study. It's something that we are going to get to later on. But a couple of a couple of items. Number one, um, it's been pointed out by a number of people that there there really is a shortage of geriatricians. That is, you know, healthcare specialists who focus on senior population and senior population as you know have health problems Mm -hmm. that are more complex and more interrelated and the expertise to deal with that um, is really in short supply not just in Canada but really all over the developed world so so getting the right mix of healthcare providers is one direction of course um, um, telemedicine um, is is maybe the one sort of silver lining in the COVID cloud that really can be used to monitor uh, uh, all kinds of people, but particularly seniors who can stay at home rather than mm-hmm. rather than have to go into hospitals and high cost um, care facilities. So these are the kinds of things that at least people should be thinking about policymakers should be thinking about it, and, and there are levers that can that, that can be pulled i mean a lot of problems are related to regulation um not paying for telehealth let's continue paying for telehealth once covid goes away um moving more resources outside care facilities and hospitals and into the home yeah. I mean, people have known this 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 isn't something that that's path breaking insights but but I think maybe the po- the purpose of the study was really to get people to think to think more more urgently about the <laughs> issue because it is it is rapidly approaching. Yeah, my concern is is that um, you know the people in the places that should be preparing for this and and looking out for this and maybe looking to the future aren't doing that at this point and then all of a sudden boom we're going to be in a position where we are simply not prepared 
Well, that I agree with you that that uh, I, I mean, to some extent, I guess uh, policymakers get a pass uh, right now because mm-hmm. of COVID, and that that's the urgency. But but clearly, um, this has got to be a, a very high priority item on, on the policy agenda. So I, I'm curious to know um, if there's if there's you know obviously this this need for more care for seniors what does it mean for the younger generations and and the care that they could be receiving well if 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 nothing else happens and and the scenario that's described in 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 the study does in fact materialize then as you were saying a little early on um there's either going to have to be a lot more money poured into the system uh <laughs> Uh, which which a um, is going to be a burden on taxpayers mm-hmm. um, and so the young the young people are going to be paying more for the care but 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 b um, it, it, it's more likely to result in longer wait times because you you, you can't produce healthcare workers overnight. I mean, we did a study, the Fraser Institute did a study uh, a number of years ago, two years ago, where we documented that Canada now has, um, amongst all the wealthy countries, one of, if not the lowest ratio of physicians Mm. to total population. Um, You can't produce doctors overnight. You can't produce nurses overnight. Um, So, um, I guess the short answer is if, if, if nothing is done and the scenario materializes, young people, younger people, non-seniors are going to have very, very long wait times, even longer than they have now. And I was just going to say longer than they are now. That is something that we are facing certainly in this province right across the country, but certainly in this province here in Alberta right now, the Premier talking about it today. And we know that the health care budgets are, are huge as they are, and they're looking for ways to be more effective maybe to trim those budgets but as an as we have that aging population it's going to be uh, an incredible amount of pressure moving forward steve thanks for uh, launching our conversation on this this afternoon i appreciate your time you're welcome take care steve globerman joining us this afternoon fraser institute senior fellow he's the author of this aging and expenditures on health care report so interesting right and he touches on a on a, a number of things which are of a huge uh concern uh, big issues here in this province just today the premier announcing an effort to try to get wait times for MRIs and CAT scans uh, lessened. Uh, We're also hearing that uh, some private facilities will be taking on more to get uh, some more surgeries to get those, uh, that backlog cleared up. Like there's a backlog of over 30,000 surgeries in this province right now. And so we also know, like this, there's a lot of layers here, my friends. We also know that the, the health budget is it's a big one it's a big one if i remember correctly, it's the biggest one in this province so what does this look like moving forward if we're not looking at things right now and if we're not getting prepared for a population what did what did they say that canadians over the age of 65 projected to make up 23.4 percent of the population by 2040 Hey, guess what? I'm going to be over 65 by 2040. You you probably are too. A lot of you are. 
it's going to account for 71.4% of the total health care costs in that year. So what does that look like? If COVID has shown us something over the past year about, um, you know, an aging population in the hospital and beds and cost, what did, was I reading? Do they, they say that uh, something like the, the cost of one person in a hospital for a COVID duration was something like $30,000? So where's your head on this one? And uh, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, want to get into a little bit on the wait times uh, as well in this province. If you're waiting for a CAT scan, you're waiting for an MRI, you know how long that wait can be or is. If you are waiting for a specialist of some sort, you've been put on a waiting list, you likely know how long that wait is. And so what Steve talked about as well is trying to get, you know, more physicians, you know, for the population. They don't turn out just overnight, right? How do we reduce these wait times? How do we get people the care that they need sooner? Because there is concern that the longer that some people wait, the worse the health outcomes, right? The Edmonton Zone um, Health Association, the doctors that belong to that association, have been waving that flag for a while now. You'll hear from them coming up. If you're on a wait list, I'd love to hear from you. I'm on a wait list. I've been waiting five months so far to get into a specialist. Yeah, and I'm worried about it. I was told, I called the doctor today, and they said, oh, they will check back in at the end of April to find out where it is. The end of April will mark six months that I've been waiting just to get an appointment to see a specialist. Doesn't mean that it's gonna happen in April or May. It could be, God knows how long it could be. But it's frustrating and it's scary isn't it? And it's worrisome. You just sit there and go, ugh, ugh, you know, could this be getting worse? What if it does get worse? You know, your mind starts playing all sorts of things. Now, having said that, oftentimes if it's urgent, you're going to get the care that you need. We know that. But we also know in some cases that the weight, the weight um, can lead to uh, a bad prognosis.